we need to talk about the motherhood penalty. A penalty that only mothers pay when they become parents. A penalty that strikes your lifetime earnings, your retirement savings and your career. A penalty that for me took me by surprise and off-ramped my first career. My name is Emma McLean and in this series we're going to do just that. We are going to talk all about the motherhood penalty. Get curious about the system that creates it and talk to experts about what we can do to smash it. It's going to be practical, punchy and peppered with laughter. A little like me. If this sounds good to you, let's get into it. Welcome back to How to Smash the Motherhood Penalty, a podcast where we get curious about this thing called the motherhood penalty. Curious about the system that creates it and curious about the solutions that are going to smash it. Today is a very special episode because it's our last episode of season one of How to Smash the Motherhood Penalty. And I wanted to share some reflections I've had around the extraordinary guests that I've had and what has really crystallized for me in creating this podcast. And to do that, I have a very special guest who's going to guide our conversation today. And I'm recording this in the school holidays. So it's only appropriate that it was take your daughter to work day. So my special guest today is Rose, my daughter. It's incredibly special for me to have her here in the podcast. And I'd just like to say, Rose, welcome. And why don't you take it away and start us off with the first question on this podcast? Hello, everybody. So, Mum, I was just wondering, since you have never done a podcast before, what have you learnt by making this podcast? That is a great question, Rose. And I've been reflecting on this as well. And I think the very first thing I've learnt about this experience is that Boy, did I procrastinate a lot about making this. And it was a real lesson to me that when I'm putting something off, when I'm procrastinating about it, it's really just fear showing up. It's really that I was scared of doing this. And the best way through fear is to take action. As soon as I got in touch with Crescendo, which is where we are recording these podcasts, I would totally recommend them if you're thinking of doing a podcast. The process became clear. And as soon as I started, I could do it. And so for me, that was the very first learning is that if you're procrastinating on something, you know, and breaking news, the way to get through that is to take action. Just start. As James Clear says, motivation often comes after starting. So I think that was my key thing is to remind myself that starting is, is the first thing you got to do and that'll get you through. Secondly, one of my reflections on running this podcast was that I've had this idea for a long time. I've had an idea about a podcast like this and I just didn't do anything with it. It's a real example again of listening to your whispers listening to what your inside voice is saying, your voice. I see this all the time in my coaching clients as well, that when you really dig into it, they know what they need to do because they're listening to their whispers. But sometimes in our lives, 
everyone else's needs are kind of wallpapered over our whispers. And it can be really hard to figure out what we want. But change is an inside job. And the answer is to always go inside. And so for me, creating this podcast was really around honoring my whispers, honoring my voice, and really listening to it. So I guess that was the second thing I learned. The third thing I learned from creating this series was that stories help us to feel seen. I have been overwhelmed with the messages I've received from clients, from friends, from connections, from people that I had never actually met before to let me know that different episodes help them to feel understood help them to feel seen. Stories build connection. And that's what I wanted to do with this series, is share people's stories. And I want to acknowledge everyone who so generously shared their story, because it's courageous to share your story, because sometimes when we say this stuff out loud, it's pretty scary. (laughs) So I just, I really have been blown away by the power of stories. And I think that a lot of why I wanted to do this podcast as well was to be able to tell stories of people that I've coached that may not feel that they can tell their own story. And I want to share their stories because they're powerful and I want to advocate for them. And I want to share the reality of being a working parent, the messy reality of it. One thing that comes into my mind when I talk about a messy reality is one of my clients who is amazing. She has a full-time role. She's got two kids and she's really struggling with the inequitable distribution of unpaid work at home. She told me the story once and it just blew me away. And that is that she'd had a conversation with her partner about trying to make the work at home distributed in a more of an equitable way. And the outcome was that he agreed to put out the rubbish every week, but he used to forget So she used to have to put the bins behind his car so he would remember to put the rubbish out. And boy, this stuff is hard. You are having a demanding job. You have a family and you are trying to work out how your family works now that you have children and how this unpaid work will be carried out. And I just want you to know that if this is tricky for you, that I see you and there are so many people with these stories. So. I just don't want you to feel alone. So my fourth takeaway from starting this podcast is I just love how many stories that we've heard in these podcasts start with, I'm lucky. It's definitely going to be a book I'm going to have to write. I'm lucky. Because, you know, like that, it's like, I'm lucky I've got a husband that helps. Or I'm lucky that I've got a job that's part-time. Or I'm lucky I have family support so my kids can go there during the day. And the thing is, is that's cool. I get that. But what if, what if we could get all this without being lucky? Why do we have to be lucky to get accurately scoped part-time work? Why do we have to be lucky to partner with someone who's curious about how we ensure there is an equitable distribution of work at home? Why do we have to be lucky to have childcare support? Like for me, I know we will have got there when we don't frame this all up as feeling lucky. You know, I I saw something on Instagram and it said, I know we will have got there when videos of men doing work around the house don't go viral, you know. (laughs) 
And I, I think that's true. And then lastly, I guess the thing that I've learned about this podcast is that I really think these are the conversations we need to be having. I started this podcast because it's called How to Smash the Motherhood Penalty, and that's obviously a play on this sort of thought of smashing the glass ceiling. But I wanted it to be practical, which is the how-to bit. And I think we need to talk about problems in order to change and solve problems. But I think we also need to talk about solutions. And I wanted it to be that you could take something away from it. I I wanted to use a bit of humor there because I think when we're talking about really serious problems, we need to do that in a way that's accessible and it's light. I know that this is important work and I think it's got legs. I think we could do more work in this area. and. I would love to do season two of this. And I think for me, I want to continue to talk to more people. I want to talk to more men as well, because I think any gender conversations need to involve all genders. And I think that's going to be part of our success and part of the change. So if there's anyone out there listening, if you know someone that's good for me to talk to in terms of people that are really challenging the system, People that want different outcomes for ourselves, but also our children, definitely reach out. So those are the five things that I have learned from doing this podcast. Thank you for that, Mom. Those are some great answers. You have asked all your guests what they would do if they had a magic wand. So I'm curious to know what you would do. Yes. So at the end of every episode, I've asked all my guests, you know, if they had a magic wand. What do they think would give them the biggest impact in terms of smashing the motherhood penalty? This penalty that, while while no one's really thriving in this system, mums are taking a financial hit, a hit to their career and a hit to their retirement savings. So what would you do? I think if I had a magic wand, and obviously it's all my rules, so it's quite a big magic wand, I would smash stubborn, gendered, caregiving norms. I think at the heart of this, it's about these gendered caregiving norms that we just see everywhere. The One of the things that has most surprised me about doing this work, supporting working parents, is that the biggest impact we're going to have for changing what's happening at work, particularly from a, a mum perspective, is changing what's happening at home. Eve Rodsky says it best when she says, for women to step into their power at work, men need to step into their power at home. And I truly believe that. And I see that every day. If we can disrupt this, that is going to have a massive impact. There's a whole lot of things that I look at to really reinforce that we're not there yet. This isn't fixed. There is a fabulous Working Mums New Zealand Facebook group that has been set up by Amber Quinnell, who does an amazing job on creating such a beautiful supportive community. I recommend it. But some of the posts on that group really blow me away because I do wonder, you know, if there's a Working Dads Facebook group, which BTW, I don't think there is, and I would love there to be whether they are asking the same questions. You know, there are questions around, um, I've got two kids, 
my you know husband leaves early in the morning, doesn't get home till late at night. I don't know how to do it all. Help me to juggle it. There's questions like, you know, how do you ever get rid of the laundry pile? I just think it can't only be mums that are asking those questions. You know, we really need to create spaces, to create cultures where dads are also getting curious about this stuff. Another thing that that makes me think that, goodness, I just don't think we're here yet is I was at an event recently and I was speaking on the motherhood penalty and this mum came up to me and she's also a judge. She said to me, I really liked what you said about the motherhood penalty. She said, you know, the only reason I got through was because I had a nanny. But even with the nanny, I was doing everything else at home. And this is a judge. (laughs) So for me, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about when it comes to caregiving and how gendered it is. And whoa. That's a big cloak. I feel like sometimes it's a cloak of secrecy. You know, I want to share something here. Um, I've recently read a book called Wifedom, Mrs. Orwell's Invisible Life by Anna Funder. She's an Australian author. It's an excellent, excellent book. And I want to share a piece that I think really summarizes how messy this is in terms of how work is being completed at home. This book, Wifedom, which I can really recommend, is a book about Eileen, who was George Orwell's wife. And the book is basically structured around six letters that Eileen wrote to a friend of hers while she was married to George Orwell. And it's a fascinating book for so many reasons. You know, Eileen was very successful when she got married. And as soon as they got married, George Orwell's agent noted that his writing had improved. So she really had a big impact on his writing and his success. And as Anna, the author, was sort of learning about this and studying about this, it actually forced her to reflect on her own relationship on her own family and she wrote this piece and it just feels so on the money for me particularly for working mums that I coach who might be quite senior who might be in professional services roles and I I think it highlights the complexity so I'm going to read and it's all about the unpaid work that's happening at home and it's Anna's reflection. The other reason it's hard to talk about is because my husband and I think of ourselves as equals. To draw attention to the gendered load feels like driving a wedge between us, though in truth, the wedge is already there, imposed by an unseen patriarchal bargain neither of us signed up to. So many women I know feel the same, but we talk about it sotto voce, which is unheard of or quietly. We avoid conflict, thinking instead that each of us have failed individually to fix her life properly and under the righteous resentment there's a shame that keeps our voices down. I pretend I am equal while I am walking the dog, doing the grocery shopping, waiting in the orthodontists, commiserating about mean teens, folding laundry. I pretend I am equal when I am chopping vegetables, organising the counsellor or the hospital or the solicitor, 
degriming the fridge. Actually, I mind none of it. This is my real life with my real loves. I know that when I'm old, I'll envy my younger self, her busyness, her purpose, her big-hearted, whirly-gig life. But still, the distribution of labour is hard to make equal because so much of it is hard to see, wrapped up in the definition of what it is to be me. Pretending I am not subject to modern versions of the same forces Eileen was by practising acceptance or just getting on with it is a kind of lived insanity. To pretend to be liberated from the work while doing it. And I just think that piece is so articulate and speaks to this stuff is complicated. We need to be kind to ourselves when we are having conversations at home. But we need to have them. That's part of the solution. (laughs) I I think we don't talk about this. There are too many assumptions. There are default parents that emerge. And it's complicated. Both of us are probably working really hard if you are parenting with someone else. And it's a hard conversation. How will we get all this work done? But I think we need to lean into these conversations if we are to ever change anything around the motherhood penalty. Because whatever stats you look at around the world, women are doing more unpaid work than men. Globally. Period. Full stop silence. And I know you might think that's not in your house, but who carries the mental load? Who's always thinking, planning, scheduling? Who's doing that? We need to have better conversations at home. I think that's a really key solution for really trying to change these stubborn, gendered, caregiving norms. I think paid parental leave for all parents is so important. And I think extended parental leave, dedicated periods of time where a dad can be home sole charge. You know, no one likes being told what to do. But if you work it out yourself because you are the person at home, you will understand the work that is to be completed. And I think this is the thing. I think we just need better understanding, more curiosity about each other's experiences. I think we need to measure the right stuff. I think we need to measure how many men are taking up part-time work, reduced hours, flexible working, job shares. We need to measure how many men are taking paid parental leave. And we need to profile that. You know, I think there's been a lot of focus around measuring what women have been doing. I think we need to measure what men are doing now. That feels really important to me. It feels like an important shift. And I think finally, if I had a magic wand, I really want more education and support for parents as we navigate this because no one talks about this. We go to antenatal classes to learn about how to birth a baby and in breaking news, that's the easy bit. Education and support to help both parents if you are parenting with someone else to get curious about what is the lived experience of the other person. Of, you know, for every baby that comes into your house and there's 50 hours of unpaid work along with that baby, how will that be completed? So that would be my, like, four solutions to this gendered caregiving norms that I think is going to have the biggest impact on smashing the motherhood penalty. I want to acknowledge a couple of things. First of all, the motherhood penalty is even greater for Māori and Pacifica and I want to acknowledge that and again in season two I would like to explore that more 
Also want to acknowledge those that are parenting alone because boy, this is hard. It is really about building your village. And I also want to acknowledge that I haven't delved into that. You know, there's a lot to think about when it comes to motherhood penalty. And I think for me, caregiving and gendered norms around it are so important because we can do anything, but we can't do everything. So great question, Rose, for the magic wand. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone for listening, for your feedback. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Please leave a review. It helps other people to find the podcast and become an agitator for change in this system. Get curious. Start asking questions at your employer around paid parental leave for all, around support for childcare, around support when our kids get sick. Start having conversations at home if you parent with someone else. How might our family work now we're both back at work? Lean into those hard conversations. This stuff is hard and you can do hard things. Thanks everyone again for listening and onwards and upwards. This podcast was funded by Works For Everyone a business that is dedicated to supporting working parents and to smashing the motherhood penalty. If this is also your jam, let's stay connected. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for us, Works For Everyone. And if you want more information on how we help businesses put a care wrap around their employees, check us out on worksforeveryone.co.nz. Or if none of these work for you, in the weekends you can find me, Emma McLean, the founder of Works For Everyone, in the queue at Pack and Save Royal Oak or Kmart St Luke's. Onwards!